Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. I'm going to piggyback off of Friday night, and if you weren't here Friday night, that's okay. I think eventually it'll be, I think we recorded, I don't know. We did, so it'll eventually be on our podcast, and, um, and you can go and listen to that. And uh, we actually do have that, so if you want to listen to things, <laughs> if you want to listen to me talk double, you can. So uh, <laughs> don't sound too enthused. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's awesome and creepy the way you said it. Uh, we'll share this morning. Uh, so, so, open up the two places. The first, I'm going to use probably next week as well, the piggyback off of Luke 17, starting with verse 20. And then, uh, and, and then if you want to go ahead and open up to Psalm 36 as well. And I'm, I'm going to use those two passages this morning. So, Lord, I thank you. We need your help. I read Luke 17, 20. It says, Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is in your midst. That's really the, the, the theme we're going to run with here. And I'm going to read again. I read this Friday night. I'm going to read this as well because I think it will actually give a little better understanding. I'm going to read that same passage from the Passion Translation. It says, Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm does not come by simply obeying principles or waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. Okay, so I said this the other night, and and so if you were here Friday, um, congratulations, gold star. This will be part of this will be review. Uh, my 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 biggest problem with the church is, is it's no secret is that. We're waiting for Jesus to come rescue us from the, from the planet when Jesus is waiting for us to redeem the planet through him. And, 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 and that's why we have weird theologies, which are, I'll just say it, like, like they're, just, they're just not right. But that's why we, we pray, Lord Jesus, come back and rapture us from the planet and send your judgment to everyone who else is here and and I'm not going to get into end times theology too much other than just to say, if, if the Lord said in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have taught you, and lo, I am with you to the very end of age. If he said, go do that, and that hasn't happened yet, he's probably not going to come back tomorrow if that hasn't happened yet. Okay, I'll amen myself. Amen. That was excellent. <laughs> It's just the truth. And so, so we're wanting him to rescue us from this place. And I'm not making light of it. I'm, I'm, but, but we're wanting him to rescue us from this place. And it's like, we, we, we're like, well, we know you said the Great Commission. We know you said to go do this stuff, Lord. 
But <laughs> we messed it up. <laughs> Will you come save us from that? And I really think the Lord's waiting for us to say, we're just going to grab onto this, and we're going to believe this, and we're going to run with this. And when he comes, he comes, but we're going to do whatever we can to expand the kingdom of God while we are still here. All right. So, so all around us, there's hurting, there's lost, there's broken people. And even in the midst of us, there's hurting and broken people. Let's just be honest. And the answer for every problem that there has ever been, ever since humanity was created, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So, so listen, the answer isn't the Republicans winning an election. The answer isn't Democrats winning an election. The answer isn't Independents winning an election. There, it's fair. I think I covered them all. The Green Party. It's, 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 it's not going to be in politics. It's not going to be in legislation. It, it, it's, it, it's, 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 it's not going to be any of those things. The answer for what is going on in the world is for, I believe this, for people that actually believe in Jesus to say the kingdom is in our midst. Or we say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It means the exact same thing. And so, so what was happening during this time, again, the Pharisees, they were thinking that Jesus, that the king was going to come, that the Messiah was going to come, and he was going to overthrow the government. Like they thought it was going to be a new form of government, and he was going to rule and reign like that. And we understand that that's not what Jesus came to do. He didn't come as a conquering king, although he conquered. He came as a surrendered king that was sacrificed, that was beaten and bloodied, and by his, his atoning sacrifice, he became became a conqueror. So that's the answer for the world is that they have to understand. And I think, let me say this. We have to understand that the kingdom is in our midst. So they were watching for these signs to happen. And Jesus is like, look, you're looking for X, Y, and Z to happen. <laughs> but I'm here. It's like how many of you have ever been, been like have you ever been in a been around a group of people and they're arguing like no we need to do this 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 and you're like man neither one of those are right and I know the solution to what they're arguing about I think that's what was going on Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is in your midst and midst means close it's at hand it's within arm's reach and and, and it means that it's readily available and, and I believe the Lord, I believe the Lord is looking for a company of people. The Lord is looking for Christians that actually believe that it's right here and right now. Like, like it's going to be really good when we get there, right? I mean, we sing those old hymns when we all get to heaven, which I'm thinking, well, the Lord said on, he on earth as it is in heaven, which I think it could be really good right here as well. And so, so we want to be people that say, I don't have to wait but I can experience it right now. Not only can I experience it right now, I think it's incredibly selfish to say, I just want to experience it and I don't care if anyone else does. But I want to experience it right now and I want everyone that I come in contact with, I may not say, the kingdom's at hand, right? But I know that in the kingdom consists of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then if I'm around them, they're going to experience righteousness because I'm in right standing with God. And I don't say that to be arrogant. It's just what the word says. 
because what he did for me. They're going to experience joy because I have joy, unspeakable joy living within me. I'm not going to look like I just drank a gallon full of pickle juice or I'm not going to look like I just rode in a church van with a room for, or a car full of teenagers, right? After the camp. I mean, it's bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the truth though. <laughs> oh, the dorm rooms. And I'm going to be filled with peace. Like that, that's the manifestation of the kingdom. It's, it's peace. It's not anxiety and it's not worry. And I'm not, I'm not downplaying when we stress out and have anxiety and worry. I'm just saying that he lives inside of us. And in a world that's like that, we can be like this. He's got it. So... If the kingdom is in our midst, I really I want to kind of do a really abrupt trans, transition. If it's in our midst, I mean, this isn't smooth at all. But, but if it's in our midst, if it's available, I mean, it consists of righteousness, peace, and joy. And there's lots of other things it consists of. But if it's in our midst, then... then what does it look like if it's in our midst? What, how will that manifest? Let me say this. If we realize that the kingdom is in our midst, what revelation will we receive from that? And, and I, I think the very first thing that you're going to see, and I'm going to show you this in a second, is, is that you all are wildly loved by God. You're wildly loved by God. And if, if, and if we can get, like there's a lot of believers, let's be for real, there's a lot of believers that don't believe that they're wildly loved by God. That the wrath that was poured out on Jesus, they feel like they deserve the wrath. And you do deserve the wrath. It's just you're not in line for it anymore. You're not. So... I don't know about you, but I really don't ever want to be punished for something that, that I don't need to be punished for. <laughs> I, I seriously, like if my brother and sister growing up got in trouble, I wasn't, if my mom busted their hind ends, I wasn't going to say, just get mine too. <laughs> but, in the but in the church, we're like, this punishment that was poured out on Jesus, we think, well, you don't know what I did or you don't understand my heart, so I deserve this. And you did deserve this, but he was on that cross in your place. Amen. He's like, it's like when you're getting ready to, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to get it. It would have been like me going ahead and just going and pushing my siblings out of the way and just be like, I'll take the, the brunt of it. That's a really bad illustration, but it's the truth. So look at Psalm 36. I want you to see how loved you are. Your loving kindness, O Lord extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments, or another translation says, your justice are like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you... And you give them to drink the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life, 
and in your light we see light. How many of you read that and hear Mac Powell's voice? I don't know if anyone even knows what I'm talking about there. But, huh, yeah, now you have it in your head. I want you to see how loved you are, because I think if you understand how loved you are, you'll understand how loved your neighbor is. Even the neighbor you don't really like, they're really loved by God. I happen to really like my neighbors, but uh, his, his love and faithfulness are in our midst. I think we'll, we'll come to that. His love and his faithfulness. Listen, it says, your loving kindness, O Lord, exists to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your loving kindness. What is loving kindness? It means your loyal love. Not only does he love people, but his love is loyal. I probably value the loyal. Like, I was thinking about this. Like, like uh, I really value loyalty. I, like in a marriage, I really value loyalty. <laughs> Because I belong to my wife and my life belongs to me. It's, 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 we're loyal to one another. Like, I value that. I value that in relationships and friendships. Like, even when I'm wrong, I value that someone's loyal to me. Like, we say that you're loyal to a fault, right? Like, I, I really do value loyalty. And he says that his love is loyal, which means, and, and I think that loving kindness, you could loosely say that is what the New Testament would define as agape, that it just make up, it makes up its mind and it's not going to change its mind. It's unfailing kindness, meaning his kindness is not going to fail. It's not going to, it's not going to fail. It's, it's loyal devotion. It actually could be translated as your favor extends to the heavens. Your blessings extends to the heavens. You could even say prosperity for those that that word makes uncomfortable. But, but I'm saying it extends to the heavens. Your loving kindness extends to the heavens. And extends, it means it reaches to. And it means not only does it reaches to, but your loving kindness is in the heavens. And so it's like it reaches and it's in and it's available right here and right now. And so when he looks upon you, you, when you get covered by his blood, he looks at you. And even before you get covered by his blood, by the way, but he looks at you and says, my love is loyally devoted to them. And my love is obsessed with them. And I'm going to go to great lengths to reconcile the relationship between them and I so that they can begin to know my heart. That's really, really good news. It's really good news. Your loving kindness reaches to the heavens. What's the heavens? It's a place where God lives. <laughs> it reaches all the way there. And he lives in the heavens and he lives in our hearts. Like, I don't even know how to articulate that, but that's pretty cool. God's loyal love stretches all the way from the place where he abides to our hearts. And there's no gap. There's, there's no gap. There's, there's no end of the road, if you will. There's, it's, it's, it's not like his love is coming down the road, his love's coming down the road, and it's like, oh, well, there's a gap, and he's got to jump over the gap. No, it's, it just goes all the way straight. There, there is no gap. There's no break in it. He, he's just like, I've decided to love my people, and you can't change my mind about it. Like, I, like, I remember when, 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 when he was younger, and, and, and he said something. He was really young. I was like, I want to love you no matter what. And, and that's, that's what the Lord is like. I want to love you whether you like it or not. It reaches to the heavens. I just love it. Jesus, help us. 
and his faithfulness, it reaches to the skies. Faithfulness, his steadfastness, his trustworthiness. The Lord is trustworthy. <laughs> He's trustworthy. His, his, his steadiness, I love that word too. His faithfulness means steadiness and, 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 it, and it means honesty as well. But, but you, when you think like the Lord, his, his, his love is steady, it doesn't, it, it's, not, it's not like he's going to lose his balance. And that's why in Revelation 1, one of my favorite passages, the throne room passage, that's why it says his feet are cast in burnished bronze, meaning that he's not going to fall over. He's actually planted firmly, and he's not going to move. And so he's steady, and he's honest, which means he cannot lie. And so when he says, I love you, he actually means it. And when he says, I love you, it's not manipulative in the way that some of us say, I love you. Some of us say, I love you, so that you hear them say, I love you back. Or so that it elicits a response. That's not love. That's manipulation. And so he says, I love you. I really think this, hoping and believing that you're going to respond to that invitation. Because we love because he first loved us. First John 4, 19. So he's faithful. Now, his righteousness, when we say the kingdom of heaven is in our midst, his righteousness is in our midst as well. Look at this. This is really cool. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. So it's like God's righteousness is like God's mountains. Is what that reads as. Like that just sounds confusing. But, but God, your, your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Oh, Lord, you preserve man and beast. Righteousness, right standing with God. When his kingdom shows up, there is righteousness. And righteousness literally means like you can stand before a holy God and not be obliterated is what it means. Like, like you can stand before him and, and you can look upon him and you can stand, you can boldly, Hebrews says that you can boldly approach the throne of grace in your time of need, right? You, you can do this because you've been made righteous. And, 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 and what, uh, what is it? Second Corinthians says that he who knew no sin made, or he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that literally means that there is no spot, wrinkle or blemish within you. Like, I think the church needs to get a revelation of righteousness. You're not a dirty, rotten sinner anymore. You've been a sinner who was saved by grace. That's not who you are anymore. You're the righteousness of God. And, and like, I think if we could be like, man, I am like, like, you know, when I, when I was little, mom, mom would say, go take a bath. And she would like check behind your ears and stuff like that, you know. And if, and if you didn't clean behind your ears or, or clean other places as well, she would be like, you need to march yourself right back in there and do it all over again. Like the Lord, because of his righteousness, because of the shed blood of Jesus, you're like really squeaky clean. You're like, well, I did this, this, and this. You don't know the things I said I thought I did. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Washed redeemed you're righteous and so that means that when I, I think that actually should give us a boost of confidence because then when i walk about my life i'm not walking around arrogant i walk around with the fear of the lord it's like i can't believe you did that for me but thank you i sure am pleased with that but if i'm righteous 
It means that I don't walk around with guilt, shame, or condemnation anymore. And what would it look like if an entire church said, I'm not going to carry guilt, shame, or condemnation anymore because when he said I'm righteous, it's he actually said I am innocent. And when I am innocent, I am clean. And when I am clean, I am pure. It's like when we say babies are innocent, right? We talk about stuff like that. Why? They hadn't been tainted by the world. Well, if I've been washed in his blood and I've been born again, that's my birthright. It's yours as well. And if we would start to live into that and say, no, you don't understand. Well, no, you don't understand. You've been made righteous by him. When the kingdom of heaven is at hand, righteousness is there. I'm spitting all over the place. You're right. You're going to have a wet beard, buddy. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Now, I love that. Mountains, high land formation. They, they stand out. When you're driving, if you're driving towards like eastern Kentucky, you start to see the mountains. When we lived in Texas, there were the Fort Davis Mountains. And it's like flat, 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 flat. And then, boom, you start to see the mountains. Like Riodosa, New Mexico. I'm not sure if you, if you remember the mountains over there when you guys were there, but but you're from the North Pacific Northwest. You saw the mountains. I forgot about that. But but mountains stand out. You know, I think that's a picture of. I think that's a prophetic picture that if we could walk in righteousness, you actually begin to stand out. And you don't stand out for your sake. You stand out for His sake. <laughs> because you don't walk around going, I'm righteous. Like that just is weird, right? But it stands out when you live a life that looks different from everyone around you. You stand out when, you, when all hell's breaking loose, you're filled with peace. You stand out when all your coworkers are, nah, 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 and you're like, I just can't participate in that. Well, why can't you participate in that? Well, let me tell you about Christ in me, the hope of glory. I mean, it's, 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 it's a standing out. And so his righteousness are like the mountains of God, which means it can be seen. And I actually believe this. And, and, and like there's this phrase that's used in kind of the movement we're part of, but the lower you go, the higher the Lord takes you. And I think that the more humble we become, and you can't fake humility, but the more humble we place ourselves before the Lord, that he actually begins to raise you up to where I think it actually looks like increased influence or authority in the spheres that we run in. Really good news. Your judgments, your justice are like the great deep. He's going to boom. It says he preserves both man and beast. I don't know if animals are going to go to heaven, but he sure loves them too. So there you go. (laughs) I I don't know about Benny though. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that you knew. <laughs> when when the kingdom is in our midst, blessings are in our midst as well. And he's our blessing, let's be honest. I mean him being with me is enough. Him being with me is enough, but 
We said this Friday night that when we say the kingdom's in our midst, like we're really okay when the king shows up, but we get really freaked out when he brings everything that's in his kingdom with him. And we need to be okay when he brings his realm into our realm. How precious, how valuable is your loving kindness? And and that precious, that means like, it means that it's so valuable that we don't have anything that we can purchase it with. Like you couldn't write a check. If you wrote a check, it'd be a hot check. You know, I mean, how precious is your loving kindness? How precious is your loyal love? And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Refuge, safety, rest, comfort. The blessing of his presence is safety, rest, and comfort. The reason why we encourage you to pray and the reason why we encourage you to develop a relationship with the Lord on your own is not so church attendance increases because you feel obligated to come to church. It's not. The reason why we encourage you to get in the Word and spend time with the Lord and pray or just sit in silence and listen, the reason why we want you to do that is because you will begin to experience Him. And when you experience Him, you will begin to experience peace and comfort and rest. It's that thing that we do here where you can go, (sighs) you'll begin to experience that And if you can experience that, it will transform your life. Now, I want our church to grow. Don't hear me wrong. I'm just saying we want to equip you so that this isn't the only time you feel good in your life. I'll just be, if this is the only time, if if this is the only time that you ever feel peace, if this is the only time that you feel pure joy, then I'm failing as a pastor. Because our job is to equip you to be able to experience this Monday through Saturday. And then when you come here on Sunday, we get to experience it together. Okay? And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. That's repeated over and over and over throughout the word. Like Psalm 91 says he'll surround you with, the, with his pinions. And, 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 and that, but that shadow of your wings, I think it's Amos 2.2 or 2.3 talks about the shadow of his wings. And so that's a repeated theme. And, and so that made me think, like, what, what constitutes a shadow? Well, a shadow, a shadow means that there's a light source over something. And so if I'm in the shadow of his wings, what that means is there's a light source that's shining on his wings that I'm placing myself in the direct path of. And that's like when Peter's shadow healed people. It wasn't Peter healing people. And I don't really think it was Peter's shadow healing people. I think it was the light of his countenance that was shining upon Peter that caused him to heal people. And so the blessing, <laughs> the blessing of living in his life, and that's, that's John 1, 
Oh, goodness. It's in the book of John, the gospel of John. But in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And so if I have life, the only way I have life is as I'm in him. And if I'm in him, that becomes the light of men. And the light of men leads people to life. And if they come life, they get to walk in the light of men. And if they're walking the light of men, there's life. I mean, it's just this amazing, amazing picture. So blessings come from God when we acknowledge that his love is valuable to us. Because the acknowledgement leads to safety, rest, comfort, and living in his shadow. So, so, so blessings, blessing comes when we value his presence. Let me say it like this. That's like what happened today. I don't, how many more? You had, what, two or three more songs playing today, I think, right? Okay. So the Lord shows up. The Lord shows up, and we actually do pray and plan, believe it or not, what we do here. But the Lord shows up. He shows up and starts moving. What would have happened? What would have happened? And, and I'm, not, I'm, not saying I, I'm, amazed, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying what would happen if I would have felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say that someone needs touched right now, and I'd been like, yeah, but we got two more songs to do, God. Can you let us finish that first? What would happen when you feel the gentle... Gen- the gentle prompting of the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life, and we don't stop what we're doing, and we miss the moment that he wants to show up and do something. And so I think it's, it's loving. You know, blessing comes from when you love or acknowledge his loving kindness in the moment, in day-to-day life. It's not just, thank you, Lord, I'm going to bed. Help me go to a good night's sleep or bless this Big Mac to the nourishment of my body. It's like it's, it's, it's praying and being thankful when he shows up and moves all the time. Praise God. It's not lost on me that we're talking about the shadow of his wings. You can't make this stuff up. He's right there. I'm totally like lost now. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Maybe that's not actually coincidence. Maybe... Maybe the Lord actually ordains everything. And maybe he really does want us to live in the shadow of his wings. Because maybe, just maybe, he really wants to bless his children. And maybe if we would walk in blessing, then people would become jealous for the blessing and not the stuff. Okay, blessing is not stuff. Blessing is the changed life, the way that we live, right? And if we would live in that position right there, maybe, just maybe, we would see a great revival like we've never wanted to see, or like we've never seen before. I think it's, I wrote a bullet point in my notes. I said, do you want rest, peace, safety, comfort? It's found in the shadow of his wings. Jesus. <laughs> huh? Yeah. 
we'll do, we'll do this last point. Yeah. Real satisfaction in life comes from when you realize just how loved you are. Like some of us can't find satisfaction because you haven't received the Lord's love for you. You've received his forgiveness. You'll allow him to forgive you. But you have not allowed yourself to be loved by him. Some of us are really good at even loving God. But to actually receive love from him, that's totally different. Verse 8, it says, they drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you give them drink of the river of your delights. For you are the fountain of life. In light, we see light. Or your light. In your light, we see light. All right. So they drink their fill of abundance. Drink their fill means that they get fully drenched in his abundance. And it means that they experience his abundance. That's why, that's why we value, like, Wednesday night, we started a prayer service. Why? So you can, can encounter the Lord's presence. And it's not about getting goosebumps, although goosebumps are good. What it does is it invites you into the abundance of the Lord. Because what you experience in those moments, what we experience in these times of worship, isn't just so you can say you had an experience. It's actually an invitation into a wedding. It's an invitation into courtship. I just think it's really cool. I'm sorry. I don't feel like I need to stop right now, but I think it's really cool. And so he says, come and get drenched. <laughs> come and get drenched in my abundance. And if we would receive that, if we would receive that, it would change the world, folks. Abundance actually means the fatty ashes. So <laughs> I won't say that real fast because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> but, but the... But the fatty ashes, I'm so sorry. It's, I was thinking amino acids. You guys need to. But it means that the fat that was burnt off the sacrifice that was the choice oil to anoint people with. I'm an idiot. I'm glad, I'm glad April's not in here. He can tell on me. <laughs> this, this, this drinking from his abundance is not just once in a while. When you start to realize just how loved you are, you receive permission to drink. And it says, and you give them, you, you give them to drink of the river of your delights. The river of his delights translates as this, the river of Eden. Which may be the most significant thing I've said all morning. You have permission to drink from the river of Eden. What, what was Eden? Eden was when man walked in perfect communion and fellowship with God. And if I allow him to make me righteous, I can walk in perfect communion and fellowship and relationship 
with God. Delights means a state of gladness based on condition and the finest finest quality. And so I guess I really don't know how to end this. I really don't. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.